are live. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is my counterpart, Joe DeLeon. Good evening. Good sir. I love, I really appreciate that we have developed a nice Pac-12 viewership. Uh, Gavin has pointed out that I forgot I said this a couple weeks ago. We might have a shouting match here today previewing the Pac-12 championship game. I don't think it's going to be a shouting match. You say that now. You say that now. I, again, look, I think I get a pretty bad rap from the Washington fans. Okay, they think that I hate them. But the truth is, all I've truly said is that I think that your team is Fugazi. I don't think you're a complete team. I think of the top six teams that we will reveal here tonight, they are the yes. most incomplete. I don't disagree with that. I think I find it I find it very funny that you're saying that I haven't said anything bad about them, but I've said that they're very fake, which they are lopsided. They're very lopsided. But of the six teams that we're talking about today, I think that Washington has the most explosive offense that is still available and that is still playing. And we're going to get into all this. I think that that, that is going to factor in very, very heavily. And we know what happened last time these teams played. We remember who came out on top. Well, I did pick Oregon to be my Pac-12 winner in the beginning of the season. Why Oregon fans think that I hate them? I, I mean, I don't think Crosby, anyone does think you hate them. Crosby says, "No, you most definitely are an Oregon hater." How can they so? Here's the thing: me. as I wear an LSU shirt here, if I were an ultimate Oregon hater, I would want Washington to beat you so that Jane Daniels wins the Heisman. Right. Okay. Right. I am being realistic by voting and picking for them, not only in the preseason, but today for them to win the Pac-12 and make the playoff. We're going to see what happens, though. I think that no. this is going to be a, it's going to be a very telling game for both sides. Very telling game. Very telling. I went back and watched the All-22 copy today of, or early, early this morning of Oregon and Washington. Wrote some notes down that game. I think that this might not be any different than what we saw. I will tell you here where I So, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Joe, we will talk about the Pac-12 uh, title game in the desert uh, that will be played on Friday. We'll break that down in full. And also, the SEC championship game, Alabama versus Georgia. Looking forward to that one as well. And, Joe, we will give our... Um, top six, our predictions on what the top six will look like. I will tell you, though, mm -hmm. I also will go through some scenarios tonight. Like, what if Alabama does upset Georgia? Should Georgia still be in over some of these teams? And I think that right. that is the ultimate question that everyone's asking. If Oregon wins, I think that they're in. Obviously, if Washington wins, they're in. I think if Texas can make a good case, especially if Alabama were to win, they have that head-to-head. -head. They would have the head-to-head -head no, -head over the SEC champion at that point. So, relatively, people would say, well, we should be above Georgia, even though I don't fully agree with that. But mm -hmm. we will talk about that here tonight. So, look, we don't have a lot of time to waste. Let me just mention this. Mike Elko was introduced. Jeff Levy, did you see the receptiveness that my man Jeff Lebby got. Oh my God! Yes, last night. How you about had you had Oklahoma fans calling for Jeff Lebby's firing for parts of this season, and then now here we are, where Mississippi State is praising the athletic director for hiring the guy as your next head coach. I mean, it just totally Oops. shows two different sets of expectations for do two different football programs. Well, I don't agree with that because I think Oklahoma fans are unrealistic. Joe, they were top five offense in the country. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, want Jeff Levy hot fired. Buddy, I, I promise you, listen to me, Oklahoma fans, I promise you, as someone who's watched college football almost all of his life, if you're a top five offense in the country, you don't need to fire your O.C., the That's problem is, though, is they didn't really show up in the games that they, they played poorly in. The two losses that they suffered, their offense was not nearly as potent, which is 
you know, talk about Fugazi. That's to me is Fugazi, where they're not playing to the performance level that you need them to in the biggest games. Okay, here's another truth. Neither did Washington. Washington had games where their offense, literally the Apple Cup, only scored 24 points and their defense had to stand up to win. Yes. They still Texas. won, so we're not having that same discussion. But it's not all you can't, it's not always the offense. You got to be a complete team. Yeah. How about not letting Kansas run for damn near close to 300 yards on you? Maybe that's, that's a Brent Venables issue, too. All right. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, <laughs> the Oregon fans and the Washington fans are going at it in the chat. I freaking love it. So let's not waste any ado. Let's get to talking the Pac 12 championship game. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages if you're on the book. If you're watching us on YouTube, Joe, I'm happy to say this. We have gotten over in this month, because I you know, I calculate it just mm. via the, the Excel spreadsheet, over 700 new subscribers on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, do us a favor. Hit the like, hit the subscribe and notification bell. We greatly appreciate y'all doing that. And wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Don't go anywhere. We talk about the Pac-12 championship in the desert. Next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. We're back! What was that other song? <laughs> It's the based-in song that that comes with the oh uh, boo yeah yeah sorry I get we have some breaking news here so hold on Joe L LSU news some LSU news let me start off with it so let's do this uh-huh. the Pac-12 championship game places or is, is this Friday night I guess let's start off here and you can clip it I know I'm sorry what are your thoughts on Washington who you picked to win the conference. Versus Oregon this Friday. We know how that first game went. Washington won 36-33. Missed field goal at the end there by Oregon. What do you think of this game in the rematch? I'll get my shots in now while you're not paying as much attention. I'm Um, listening to every word you say. I know. I'm just giving you shit. I think it is really interesting. I think that it's really fun that you and I, before the season, predicted opposite teams here, and we've reached the Pac-12 championship game. Neither one of us believed in the bullshit with USC or Colorado. We stayed true with Washington and Oregon in the preseason. And we remain on both sides of this battle determining who is going to win this football game. Look, Blake, I can't not ride with my guys. I have been with the Huskies the entire season. I understand that they are lopsided. I understand a lot of their success is contingent on what their offense does. Right. Logic would dictate, and when I was doing my notes for this, that Oregon wins this football game. They are a surging team. They have been very good over the past few weeks. But for me, plain and simple, Washington is a gamer team. They are a team that steps up to the plate when they have their most important matchups of the season and they play their best football. They are very streaky. But they have talent on their offensive and defensive line to perform better than the stats indicate. There are going to be a lot of guys on that O-line, D-line that are going to go on and get drafted higher than many people expect. And I think that they show up in this game. We already saw the victory that they got earlier on in the season. They have it mapped out. They know how to beat Oregon again. They don't need to change the game plan. They have it all figured out, Blake. So what's stopping them here, playing on a neutral site, playing for the Pac-12 championship? 
Here's how I think this game is going to go. Now, I went back and watched the game again, and I forgot, okay, how both receivers, or really multiple receivers, a couple for uh, Oregon and a couple for Washington, went off. Roma Dunze had a massive first half and had a really good second half, but not as big as Troy Franklin did in that second half. Uh, Odunze went eight for 128, two touchdowns. Franklin, Franklin also had eight catches, 154, and a touchdown. But, Joe, I, I got to admit something. This game, for whatever reason, and this is why we do our power rankings, okay? And this is why when everybody gets so mad at me throughout the year when I say, I think Alabama or I think this team would beat so-and-so, Joe, the spread is nine and a half right now for Oregon. Which it's is ridiculous. Oregon. I'm sorry, but that that is insanely I don't, I don't think that that's completely ridiculous. Let me tell you why. Because Vegas is the most non-biased entity that you have in, in sports because they are about making one thing. That is money. The biggest takeaway that I had, and I know that we talked about this in the time, was how just how many mistakes Oregon got away with and were still even remotely close in that game. You had the multi, right before half going forward on fourth down, trying to get the touchdown, not kicking the field goal. You have it multiple times in there. But let me tell you this. Oregon felt like they had the momentum in that game, okay, pretty much the entire way. Oregon answers, okay, off of the turnover that they got, but Bo Nix had a very bad sack uh, early in this or late in the second half. Penix throws an INT. Oregon goes down and opts to go for it and doesn't get it. But they come back. Troy Franklin gets involved. They get the TD. They go for two. Oregon gets a stop. So not only are they leading, they get a three and out on Washington. But they couldn't ever put him away. And I think the best team that Bo Nix faced all year long when he had a chance to put this team away, he couldn't. And if you do not, if you get up on Washington, if you do not put them away like you did in Seattle oh so many weeks ago, Oregon's going to get beat. Because Washington is not a team that you can just let hang around and do what they want. Here's another thing, too. I know that Washington's pass defense is arguably one of the worst in Power 5. Joe, they're 122nd in the country. Oregon's secondary isn't that good either. And I I, I agree. It's very, it's very overrated statistically. It's very, I well, I wasn't going to say it's overrated, but they're 48th in the country. They're giving up 214 yards in the air per game. I'm not going to say they're completely overrated. And I know Oregon fans are going to get mad at me. Chill out. I'm picking you to win the game. I think that the biggest thing... Everybody wants to talk about the receivers on both sides. Bucky Irving in this running game is what's going to win Oregon the football game. Bucky went absolutely stupid in the first matchup. You got to give him more than 22 carries. Get him to 28 to to 30 carries and run the football. They can't he's built to do that though. He's 5'9 like 200 pounds. He's not I don't you he's don't not, it, He's not like Dylan Johnson. Dylan Johnson can withstand that that workload. I, I'm not. I don't think is that he ran the ball 22 that. times for 127 yards in the first time, and every time that Oregon got stifled in the passing game, Bo Nix incompletions, bad decision making. Bucky Irvin was the one running in between the tackles, breaking those tackles, and getting scores. Like they had, did not have an answer for Bucky Irvin. The problem that I have with this is. Why not give him more? Well, Joe, you know what? Don't give him 28 carries. Throw him to him out in the flat. You like to do that all the time. You're going to run screens. You're going to run things in the flat. Do it to him more because they did not have an answer. The running game in this one is going to dictate it. Now, Washington better be careful because Troy Franklin and the boys are explosive as hell. They're explosive. Don't play around with them. I think Oregon's going to win this one by Tutty. I think they're going to win it by a touchdown, mainly due to the fact now that you had another time to face them, they get the running game going. But I'm going to kick it to you with this. Mm. It, it is the old adage in football. It is very tough to beat a good team twice. I freaking hate that. I knew that you were going to throw that in my face because I say that all the time on this show. And I said this. I said this after Washington got the first win, that it is going to be very hard to beat them a second time. So I, I applaud you for using that at me. 
But you brought up something why I, I really truly truly sticks to what I think here with, with Washington, saying that they are a team that steps up to the occasion. They are a team. And I know that statistically they haven't put up crazy numbers over the past couple of games because they, they play down to their competition. Plain and simple, they do. But offensively, what makes them so explosive and dangerous, and I've said this all year long, if they need to march down the field and score, unlike any other team in the country except maybe LSU, they can pick up huge chunk plays with limited time and put points on the board. Washington has faced a number of games in which they saw significant adversity. A number of games where their back was against the wall and they found ways to win. They found different avenues to attack in order for them to get the victory. Oregon's only faced adversity once, really. And that was against Washington. Yeah, And but what happened? Because you poor, poor in-game coaching decisions hurt them. Just because you faced adversity against bad teams does not mean that you faced adversity. I at least know how they're going to respond that if they go down a touchdown home. respond against home. You they, know because they did it against they did it against Oregon the first time they played them. They responded True. to the okay. adversity I, of being in a position to lose the game and they said, "You know what? Michael Penix from Dunze, we're going to go down the field, we're going to put a touchdown on the board." They've done it against Utah, they've done it against Oregon State. I understand that these aren't the sexiest opponents. These aren't SEC caliber teams. They're still quality football teams. And even when they're playing Stanford their worst is not a football, quality football team, I was talking about Oregon State. And Washington Utah. State is not a quality football team. It needs to be acknowledged, and it is worth paying attention to that when they're playing their worst football, they have still rallied and found ways to win. I have seen it so many times, even just this season, where good football teams have completely faltered in the face of adversity. I look Oklahoma. We were talking about a second ago. Really good example of that. They didn't step up to to fight against uh, and, and fight back against play Oklahoma Kansas State or Arizona Kansas. State. The I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the level of competition, but what I'm Joe, you have to bring in a level of competition. Who is Washington's best non-conference win? Did they go to the state of Texas and have to rally like Oregon did? Because I can make that same exact Texas argument. Heck, is not a like some sexy win that they pulled out, and neither is some, and neither is beating Arizona State sixteen to seven either. They had the flu. That game, so, I don't think, is fair to bring I heard up. They had the flu against Stanford. I heard they had the flu against Arizona State. Joe, I know of a team that played in a championship game last year, and twenty players had COVID. They not COVID, but COVID like symptoms. Let me rephrase what I just said so we don't get banned. Okay, we're not gonna uh, actually that's a good point with YouTube. You never know. Uh Arizona State and Stanford were played back to back. I think that, that it is not unreasonable with the rumor that they had uh, had the flu and they played poor football. It's at least worth paying attention to. We know the Florida State dealt with a similar thing when they played Boston College. Just because they have a couple bad football games under their belt does not mean that that is reflective. Of the team, but that they Boston are. I think it's more six-win team. You're talking about Stanford. You're talking about a come on, Joe. Arizona State might be the worst team in college in P5. You know that, and I know that they're they're not the worst team in P5. Who is? Indiana's worse than Arizona State, and they still got more wins in the Big Ten. Look, I think that it is worth <laughs> more of an applaud. That was a funny point. It's worth more attention that Washington has been challenged and succeeded and Oregon has not been challenged. Their biggest challenge was Texas Tech. A non-conference team. Did Oregon play the same teams that Washington did, yes or no? Did they yes, both they did. Utah, correct? You said that you you told me that Utah was a really good opponent, a very fair opponent, and Oregon blew that ass out. Pause, but they blew that ass out. Remember, you told me on the road in Utah, it's a tough place to play. And I said, I don't care. They can't score. And all they do is go to Utah and blow their ass out. Don't I'm tell not gonna, me, look, or, do not tell me that Oregon is not tested. When they're playing I'm, not saying the that, wait, I'm not saying that they're not tested. I'm obviously acknowledging the big victories that they have. 
I don't know how much stock I'm going to put in Oregon State finding out that their coach is leaving before kickoff and then going out there to play a football game. I don't know how much stock I'm going to sit here and put into that victory. But yes, they have a number of dominant wins against USC, against Utah, Jay, that I will provide acknowledgement for. He knew weeks ago. He said he knew damn near a month ago. Tell, That's not fair. He didn't, tell the, he didn't tell the players that. You're telling me that those kids sitting in that locker room didn't get notifications on their phone from their buddies texting them like, damn, your coach is leaving right before they went out there? That wouldn't they, help. They them. were they were playing it in the goddamn on the video board. That's a distraction. I can't. I'm not giving him credit for that Oregon State game. Yeah, you know what? Third and seven. When DJU misses a wide open receiver, you know what he was thinking? Oh, well, at least my coach is staying. I you could tell that that team was visibly distracted. That Oregon State team. They did or not have the same Washington. level of intensity that they usually have, nor the same level of intensity that they brought against Washington. Washington has one glaring weakness, massive weakness. They are abysmal defensively. And Washington fans disagree. hate me when I say that. You are not a complete team. And, Joe, when you play with fire like that, I told you this exact same thing when we launched a show, which, by the way, we're almost coming up on a year. Con happy anniversary, Congratulations. Boo. Okay, the problem is, is eventually this catches up to you. And I think it's catching up to them this week because I don't think that they have the dudes on the outside in the boundary defensively that they, they can keep up with Oregon. Now, I also don't think that Oregon has the dudes on the boundary that can keep up with Roma Dunze. So I we think already know that they don't because they didn't do it the first time. We already know that they don't. But I promise you this. I know that Oregon wants to get the receivers more involved. I don't disagree with that logic or that thought. You ran the ball down their throat, and we saw literally in the big game, when you want to run the clock out, you have to be able to have the ability, if you're up six, you're up seven, play against an offense like this when you did not do it last time. Joe, think about this. Okay, Bernard for Washington had a, a return that got to the 40. Washington got stopped by Oregon. Okay, so you're already up if you're Oregon in the game that they played the, the last time. Oregon goes for it on fourth down. They're trying to continue to go down and score. Instead of kicking a field goal, a 30-something-yard field goal, they go for it on fourth down, and they get stopped. Washington comes right back. Penix goes to Roma Dunze twice, hits him in the back of the end zone score. They might not have those mistakes again. If you limit one of those mistakes, two of those mistakes, this is a 10-point football game, and that is exactly what Vegas is telling you. I really don't like that nine-point number. I mean, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting I, I would take. I'd take the 10 points. It's going to get to 10, 10 and a half. I'd take Washington 10 and a half. Yeah, I would too. I will concede this. The only lack of confidence that I have in Washington is exactly what I have said in comparing Washington to another team. I compared them to what TCU was last year. They were a really lucky team. A lot of really good bounces went their way. A lot of big plays happened in situations that helped them win games that, frankly, most teams would not win. And their luck ran out in the in the Big 12 championship game. I think that if there is a point and a spot for Washington's luck to run out, it is in this situation against a team that they've already played. The same thing happened to TCU. Same exact thing happened to TCU. When you're playing a lucky team, a more balanced team, that plays a more conservative style of play, is going to probably beat you the second time around. That's why I'm not completely gung-ho on this, but I really have this gut feeling and a belief that they accomplished it once, that Washington can do it again. We do have some breaking news. All right, so are we done with the Pac-12? Yeah, wait, what's the breaking news? Per Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel, who covers Florida, senior writer based in Gainesville for the Gators. Look at your eyes. Don't say it. Breaking. The Gators have parted ways with. Who do you think it is? It's not Billy. Don't do don't do this to me. <laughs> it is not Billy Napier. Uh it's the offensive coordinator. 
It is defensive assistance Corey Raymond, Sean Spencer after the five and seven season. So uh, they are making sure. changes in Orlando. Why were you so gung ho? Like, oh my, oh my God, Billy. Oh no, God. that was that wasn't it. It was like there's no way that they're firing Billy Napier. That would have been freaking insane on the on the Monday after if they fired him. That would have been wild if that happened. I don't know. I thought that the way that you Dude, set that up, that you I about am to literally, I am literally going to take a screenshot of the face you just made. And I am going to say you set me up, English. man. I mean, you're you're you good setup. That was a great setup. You had me in the in the. I literally read that. Okay, I got it sent. I got it sent to me. I literally read that and said, "How can I get the most max value out of your reaction?" You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Joe, you want to get to this? Uh, no, one final thing. I forgot. I forgot okay. to mention this uh, in this game. The number one passing offense versus the number two passing offense in the country face off this weekend. Interesting enough, Oregon is top 10 in every statistical category, and top 20 in every statistical category besides pass defense. It doesn't bode well when you play Washington. All right, you want to get to this SEC championship game? Oh, I'm excited for this one. Let's do it. Atlanta, hot Atlanta, the SEC championship game live 3 p.m. Saturday. Joe, I got to admit, I think that this is one of the most highly anticipated anytime that Alabama and Georgia play, regardless of where it is, whether it be, I think Georgia played at Alabama or Alabama played at Georgia. I don't remember during the COVID year. Uh, the SEC championship game a couple of years ago, I think it was 2021 when Bryce Young won the Heisman. This game is always at a high level. A lot of eyeballs will be on this game. You have Nick Saban's number one protege in Kirby Smart taking on him again in the SEC championship game, which Kirby is one in three against Nick. I will get to my thoughts in just a minute, but I know that you're excited about this game. What do you think happens? Who will be the SEC champion? I, I don't I, I came in here kind of thinking I was gonna be a little conservative about this, but you know what? I don't I don't give a damn. Yeah, you know, the, the Bama fans, they already don't like me. Uh I'm gonna be as realistic as possible with this. I don't think Alabama has a chance to win this football game. I I just don't. I really, really don't. Yes, we can sit here and talk about how Saban rallies in revenge type situations. He rallies and and really flourishes in these spots where there's deficiencies on the roster and they still find ways to win. But when I pay so close attention to what has led to offensive success for this team, defensively, they're fantastic. I will not deny that they have two of the best corners in, in college football that will go on to be first-round picks in Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry. Dallas Turner is going to be a first-round pick. There are so many good defensive linemen per usual that we have on this unit. They're going to get after Carson Beck. They're, they're going to force some pressures. There's probably going to be a surprising amount of turnovers by Georgia. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there's not one or two by this, by this offense. They're going to need that to stay in this game and to win this game. But Alabama's offense, Blake, lives and dies on running the football, Jalen Milrose scrambling, and hitting the deep ball. Every other avenue of offense does not work well for them. And mm. what has allowed other teams to be productive when trying to defend that is they either try to take away the deep ball and they get run all over, or they try to take away the run game and they get beat over the top. Georgia is one of the few teams that they've faced, actually the only team that they've faced, that can cover one-on-one -on -one man coverage any of those deep throws to Jermaine Burton. And they have the defensive front and the linebackers to play the run effectively enough and play good enough contain. I understand it's the Iron Bowl, but if Auburn, with the roster holes that they have, can accomplish that last week, Georgia is going to have no issue defending that offense. Don't do that to yourself. Don't pigeonhole yourself. I understand that, but because if I can we have it on film. Ago, or eight weeks ago or seven weeks ago, okay, I can also say some of the same stuff about Georgia when they faced Auburn and Jordan Hare. All right, good point. I'm retracting that statement, though. That's a very good point. 
George also didn't look super sexy against Georgia Tech. And they but had still, Brock Bowers. And they had Brock Bowers. Not, I still against, stand, George, not against Georgia Tech, but against Auburn. Right. They Obviously, Lad McConkey and, and Bowers did not play against Georgia Tech. The only realistic way that Alabama can win this game is that they keep Georgia under 20 points and they score over 24. I don't think that there's a possible world where they can do that against this defense. All right. Let me just say this, because, listen, I think Georgia's going to win. I'm going to pick Georgia to win in this one. So don't get what I am about to say misconstrued or misunderstand what I'm saying. Georgia fans, I love you. Just hear me out. Joe, I've been telling you every single week, every single week, do not count out Nick Saban. And what do people constantly do every single week? Oh, hell, they got Tennessee this week. And look, it pains me to say what I'm about to say. Oh, they got they got LSU this week, which LSU. Yeah, I did this. On, we did, I, in there, okay? I am this person that you're referring to. I even did it with uh, You are this person, okay? But I know Jane Daniels was completely just, let's call it what it is. He was effing that defense up, okay? He had 300 yards and a half. But what people do is they pigeonhole themselves. I think that this arguably could be Nick's best coaching maybe ever with the limitations that he has offensively at quarterback. I think that this could be arguably one of his best jobs. And you know what else you need? You also need a little bit of luck. And they got that a little bit. Okay. Last week when Isaiah Bond came down with that football, by the way, shout out to our guys over at SEC Shorts. <laughs> they always nail oh, yeah. their yep. skits. They're always perfect. I don't think that they're going to win. Like, I am not picking Alabama to win. But one thing that I'm very interested to see in this game, I do think that this is the best defense really and truthfully, that Carson Beck's seen all year. Well, it's the best defense that either team has seen all year. Oh, true. Okay, true. No no question. But certainly it's the best defense that Carson Beck has seen. I, I mean, well, yeah, Joe, who would be the best? Would it be Missouri, Tennessee? Who is it? Who is Ten the best? I, I Tennessee, I actually, I, I we were talking about this pre-show. I think that Tennessee is a more physically gifted defense. But, okay. yeah, I mean, we saw the production that they had against Tennessee. And they blew them out, right? Like, they, they took care of business against Tennessee. I don't think some of the things that Carson Beck has done necessarily will work against this defense. Now, I do think that Alabama can get home. I think that they can force some three and outs. One thing that we're not, that nobody talks about, Joe, Alabama is top 10 in the country or top 12 in the country on third down offensively. What are you laughing at? Someone screenshotted me making that face and tagged <laughs> me. <laughs> All right. Uh, back, back. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sending right, it to back you. Back to the sorry. point. I know that Alabama has a lot of limitations offensively. I'm not going to come on here and argue that. But to say that they are just completely anemic is also not true. I understand that you live by the sword and you die by the sword. But there's one thing that nobody that I have heard is accounting for. Joe, when you have a quarterback against Kirby or Nick that can run and scramble and pick up first downs with their legs, that has been their kryptonite. And when you say it hasn't been Kirby's, maybe it hasn't been Kirby's yet. But Kirby was also at Alabama when guys like Trevor Knight ran all over him. I, I've seen it with them. I, I know that the number one kryptonite that has always been for Kirby and Nick has been dudes that can run. Always. So I don't think it's as – I keep hearing from people – that they are going to blow out Alabama. And you know what? Joe, they might. They might go into hot Atlanta and blow them out. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a closer game than anybody thinks because nobody, and I can't believe that I got to be the person to remind people of this, 
Do not misunderstand who that guy is, the little guy on the sidelines named Nick Saban. Don't forget that he exists on that sideline. Now, I think that Bama is going to throw things at Carson Beck, and Kevin Steele is going to throw things at Carson Beck he hasn't seen all year. I don't think it matters because I think ultimately death is going to be a factor here. I think Carson Beck is the better quarterback. I think he will make enough plays, but they are also banged up on offense. And if you're going to make the same excuse about Auburn and Al- or Alabama versus Auburn, Georgia Tech is not a better team than Auburn. They are not. And Georgia still struggled at times when they I didn't don't agree have- with that. I don't agree Auburn with that. Is much Auburn lost the- to Auburn lost to New Mexico State. We're not comparing the Georgia Tech has been I have clowned on Georgia Tech, but they no. if they played each other right now, they beat they beat Auburn. They would not beat Auburn. You know, because there's also a really bad game that Georgia Tech lost. Would you like me to remind you? They lost, you of Bowling, they lost to Bowling they Green. They lost Bowling to Bowling Green. So I don't Bowling think that that's a foregone conclusion. By the way, putting New right, Mexico right. State in the playoff. <laughs> all right, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Do not, do not, uh, again, Georgia fans, I am picking you to win. Don't misunderstand me, but do not discredit the A on the side of their helmets. Oh, well, it's technically numbers, but don't throw them to the wolves and say there's no chance because there is a chance. I think there's two things here that are in line with what you're talking about. I have watched Carson Beck develop and show, and I've said this every single week, I have watched him improve on a weekly basis and show just tremendous proficiency. He doesn't have a bad game. He doesn't have a single bad game. How many times have we watched Jalen Milrow get bailed out? How many times have we watched Jalen Milrow play poor football and get bailed out? His best performances have come against some of the worst defenses that he has faced. And we don't even want to talk about the ways that he played against Old Miss, the mistakes that he made against Texas A&M, the first half against Tennessee. I mean, shit, we completely forget that against Auburn. Twice he ran past the line of scrimmage multiple yards and tried to throw the ball. We forget about that because he threw a 30-yard touchdown to win the game in a miraculous fashion. Great play, but there is a difference to me between these two quarterbacks in the level of impact that they provide in the game. And I think that when one team has a more balanced offense, I'm absolutely giving them an edge for having a, a better quarterback. One other piece to this final thought, I think, and I said this to you pre-show, the only way that George or Alabama wins this game is that if Tommy Rees in the offense calls the, the best game that they've had all season, that they have a perfect game plan. They can't make mistakes in this game. They can't turn the ball over. They can't take more than three sacks. They can't. They're not in that type of a position. They have to score on as many drives as possible because of the matchup that they're dealing with. I agree with everything you just said. Let me backtrack on something. Okay. The best defense that Alabama saw, you you, you want to get really mad? Texas okay. A&M. Texas A&M is a top eight defense, total defense. And what did we see in that game, late in that game? Jalen Milrow... Getting out of pressure from, I'm going to call it what it is, the best defensive line in college football. It, they are the best D-line in college football, hand, without okay. question. Okay. okay, Getting out of pressure, getting to his, let's call it what it is, his second progression, okay, and throwing a bomb to Jermaine Burton. He has had times where he's faced a really good defense and they found ways to win. Now, I do think A&M fumbled the bag on that game that's ultimately what got Jimbo fired okay that was the nail in the coffin let me talk a little bit about Georgia here I think Georgia has the green grass athletes to take care of Jalen Milrow running the football I also think that they have the better deep like so for example okay I don't think that they're going to get LSU'd right like he's not going to be able to do that because they're going to they're going to get after him they got to play keep away. And 
Look, the only team in the country with a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense is Georgia. I, it does stylistically cra- crazy or not. I don't think it's a good matchup for Alabama. Like, I, yeah. I really don't. I, don't. I mean, that's a big reason for everything I said is because of that. It's not a good matchup. But I will say that I have not seen Georgia play a team this this good. And I would be I will be interested to see how they react to it. Now, let me ask you the ultimate question. Okay. I do think they're going to win the SEC. I think that they're on path to have a three-peat. Okay. I just don't like when everybody says they're going to blow them out. I think that this game is going to be more highly competitive. Joe, the line's four and a half. If Alabama loses by four, okay, or three, that's going to be a really damn good football game. Okay. But let me ask you the ultimate question. What happens if Bama does win for the playoff? Because I think that Georgia is good enough. I think Georgia has done enough to make the college football playoff. I think, well, first of all here, if Alabama wins, it's probably a close game. Like there's just realistically, there's I think no, it's a close game either way. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that part, but there's just not enough offensive prowess for Alabama to, you know, put up enough points for this to be a lopsided, lopsided game. I think that the committee would be crazy to not put two SEC teams in if if that scenario happened. I, I think in any world that there's two one-loss SEC teams, you have to put both of them in, no, no matter what. There's no debate. We've seen that in the past. The problem is this year, when Alabama loses, there's too many one-loss teams for a two-loss team to get in. But again, to reiterate, I think it, it happens. What year was that? Was that 2021 when Alabama won yeah. the SEC and championship they put game, both of them in there, yeah, they put and they were two and three or something like that. I forget. No, what it, they were one and no, they were. Uh, was Bama one? I forget what the ordering of it was, yeah, but I, I think what it the would order fall, was too. It would fall in line with that because the reality of it is they're not going to make them play in back to back games and back to back weeks, right? Right. But Georgia has enough nice wins against Missouri, against Tennessee, against. Um, Ole Miss against Ole Miss, like they've got a nice enough win, nice wins yeah. that they belong still as that third or fourth team. If Alabama wins, is that an automatic? If Texas beats Oklahoma State, that they're into that one to me is tricky because at the end of the day, like how Texas is probably has the weakest schedule of the remaining teams in the conference. Oh God, yeah. The only, I mean, Joe, the only real two, well. They're saving grace is Alabama. Mm, well, I mean, I mean, here would be the truth. They would Texas would have knocked off the SEC champion, beaten Oklahoma. I, I well, they mean, didn't I beat Oklahoma, know. so that's the problem. Their second hardest game they lost. Oh yeah, they lost Oklahoma. That's right. Their their next best win is Kansas, Kansas State, or Oklahoma State. Those are back end of the top 25 teams. Most would argue yeah, don't even the, really belong the in the top 25. Gotta matter. The head-to-head's got to matter. Uh, okay, the head-to-head matters when you've got similar resumes, though. But, but, yes, it does, because when you go into somebody's house and you beat them, how are you going to tell Texas that, hey, you're not going to get in because Alabama got better throughout the year? You can't do that. Like, if, if Washington wins yeah. – Okay, if Florida State wins and Bama wins, how are you going to keep out Texas who beat them head-to-head? And especially you can't put Georgia in over them because Georgia didn't beat them head-to-head. Like, the games have to matter. The games have to matter. You can't just make up your own rules. Well, that's not making up my own rules. Like, we know that what's going to – I'm talking about uh, the committee. I'm talking about uh, the committee. Right, right. Okay, but here's another truth. Georgia's one of the best four teams in the country, and leaving them out would be chaotic. I think in that world, you'd have to do Georgia, Alabama, Texas, and then just pick the Pac-12 God, you'd really. But then, but then you get to a place where what if Florida State beats? You know what? You know what? Hold on, because this is our whole segment. No, so no, no. Let's, let's finish this discussion and then we'll share our predictions because I, I, I'm going to clip both of them. Let's let's finish this conversation here. Okay. If Florida State beats Louisville, okay, and you got Washington winning, hell, even if you got Oregon winning, and Georgia is to lose, you cannot, you cannot 
put Georgia over Florida State. Now, is Georgia the best team in the country to me? Yes. Do they deserve to be in over Florida State? Yes, they do. But, Ray, the resumes are just – you can't – I, the I mean, eye the test can't weigh that though, much. I understand what you're saying. The best team that Florida State is beating is who? LSU? Yeah. That's it. I I think in this Clinton? scenario, I think in this scenario, it's it's realistically Oregon wins this the game and uh, the Pac-12 championship. If Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship, that I think with the chaos that would ensue, that figures the situation out for us because the committee is going to value the attention of two sec teams and the quality of their resumes. It's not like they're just putting those two sec teams in purely for putting them in, but they're going to have had played more competitive resumes, one loss sec teams, Texas gets in based on the fact that they beat the sec champion. And then Florida state goes on to be that fourth team because they're undefeated. Oh wait, what do we do with Michigan? What it, this is impossible. Yeah, this is impossible. This is Michigan. I have no freaking idea. This is impossible if Georgia loses. So if Georgia loses, look, Michigan, and here's another scenario. All right. What if Michigan for okay, Michigan's not losing. <laughs> yeah, don't even try that. Bro, okay, wait, 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 wait. What if they wait. lost? That's not going to happen. It's not. Iowa, Iowa would need to be in the conversation. Obviously, I'm joking. Um, I, I no, think but Michigan's with, in. Jo- I think, all, can I be real with you? I think Georgia's in. Here, here's the way that I see. I'm seeing this as I'm, I mean, we're just talking through this. This isn't something that like we've really pl- like really really planned out. As, as we've talked th- through this, I think that the most logical thing to do is let's compare the two teams that are fighting for that final spot. The two teams that are fighting for that final spot would be Georgia with one loss in the SEC championship game and a one-loss Texas team that lost to Oklahoma but won the Big 12 championship game. I think that if it we wouldn't be Alabama. Two, but it I wouldn't think be Alabama we, and Texas battling it out for that final spot. Yeah, well, Alabama would have won the SEC championship game, so they would have solidified them head to head. I so think that if Alabama wins, they solidify their positioning and, and they they find their way in the playoff. All right, we got to do this. Let's get to a quick break, and then we'll talk about this okay. in our in our projections because that's how okay. my projections are going to go. All right, let's okay. talk about. Um, <laughs> Sam Kim says, Blake, don't go there. Iowa, question mark. They're not losing to Iowa. I would be shocked if Iowa scored an offensive touchdown, Joe. They might, man. Don't put them past them. Shut your mouth. No, they are not. All right. Talk about our good friends over at Homefield Apparel. We're going to break down the college football playoff. What happens and what do we think happens? We do, we do that next. Rafino and Joe Show is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, which is the best without a doubt premium collegiate apparel brand that is out there. They have over 150 different colleges that you can choose from, whether you're an Illinois fan or a Rutgers fan, maybe you're an LSU fan like Blake, or maybe you're an Alabama fan, whatever it is, even Idaho. They have so many different designs for so many different football programs that I can guarantee you're going to find some great stuff to help root for your favorite team. I've already gotten my Notre Dame stuff. Blake has his LSU stuff. Make sure you head on over to homefieldapparel.com to check out your team's collection of clothing apparel that they have on the website. And when you do so, when you check out, make sure you use promo code Rafino Joe to get 15% off your order. That is R-U-F-F-I-N-O Rafino Joe. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your college gear today. Playoff time. All right. Joe and I have our projections here in reference to – now, Joe, I hope the second one is your projection. The second show on here. Okay. So, Joe, this is your top – nope. This is your top six projection teams. (laughs) Yes. All right. You want to read Um, them in order and tell us why you have this? Yeah. This is the scenario that I think is actually going to happen because, again, I picked Georgia. I think the – Final outcome here based on what we've talked about and what we're going to talk about on Wednesday as well. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Washington. Number four, Florida State. 
I think the first two teams out are five Texas and six Oregon. In this situation, you have Oregon suffering a second loss, but I think that they still have a very good resume. They're still a very good football team and would deserve to be just ahead of Ohio State and Alabama, who then has two losses. Maybe Ohio State could be that sixth team. Uh, I don't think there's much debate there with that six spot. But five, I really do believe that Texas is going to be the first one out in this scenario based on everything playing out according to plan. All right, here are my top six. Joe, the only thing that we really have different here is that I have Oregon winning the Pac-12 championship. I have Georgia and Michigan because I think Georgia is going to win the SEC. I think Michigan is going to win the Big Big Ten. Oregon wins the Pac, and I just don't think that Louisville can beat Florida State. So that would leave Texas out because I just don't think that Texas is good enough, nor do they have the resume uh, that Oregon does. I don't think that Oregon is – or Texas is a better team than Oregon. But here's the thing, though, okay? If we were just talking about this, I think Michigan's in, okay? I think Michigan, at the end of it all, will probably be your one seed, okay? I think Georgia's in. And if Georgia is in, they will be your one seed. So I, I, I think both of those teams are pretty – I'm not going to say locks, but I feel pretty good about them. Yeah. My third thing is is both of us pretty much have Texas on the outside looking in. It. What does Texas have to do to get into the playoff here? Because I don't think that it is fair for Texas to go on the road against Alabama, beat them. I know that they lost Oklahoma. Joe, that sounds good, okay? Like, I I get that. But if you lined up Texas and Florida State today, who wins? Now, that's a fair fair point. I think Texas could pull out that victory. But I don't think that you could punish Florida State for going 13-0 and leave them out of the playoff, even though Tate Rotomaker is their starting quarterback. I don't Right. You just can't do that. That's setting such a bad precedent. Yeah. I I think that one thing that would set them up to get in, you would need for Louisville to beat Florida State, and then inevitably you would need Oregon to beat Washington. Actually, I would actually argue that it's an easier path if Washington beats Oregon because then there's that debate of do we put two one-loss Pac-12 teams in? There's certainly a conversation for that to happen if Florida State loses. And I think that's very plausible. I mean, shit... I talked about the TCU comparison for Washington. If Florida State goes down, the same thing that happened last year could happen this year, but instead of the Big Ten, it's the Pac-12. You see what I'm getting at here? That we could have Washington be that fourth team with one loss and a good resume. Oregon gets in with the Pac-12 championship win They're and a good resume. Two Pac-12 teams. I don't know, dude. I think that... I would argue that Washington and Oregon's resumes are better than Ohio State's who made it in and TCU's resume last year. TCU lost the Big 12 championship game and they didn't move. They didn't move. Exactly my point. But that's not the same. That's not the same because Ohio State was the the fourth team. There was nobody else in those other conferences. There was nobody in the Big 12 that was worth a damn. There was no, obviously, really to push, okay, it's not like this scenario you would have if Alabama beat uh, Georgia. Okay, you had a team that lost in TCU, didn't even win their conference and got in. You don't have that scenario here. If Washington loses, they're out. They're out. I don't think that. I don't think that's the case, though. Who who would they take over? If, let me tell if, you something. Wait, wait. If Washington, if Washington loses, loses and if, if Washington loses, Tex and Texas wins, Texas is in. Without a shadow of a doubt, Texas but just is in. just all like I don't know. I I don't really think that that's a that's a foregone conclusion. If Florida State loses, be? because if Florida State loses, Washington has a more impressive resume than Texas does. The bullshit in they totality. Know, the bullshit. In totality, they have a better singular win. Oh, I, I love you. Here's the truth. You ready? Washington has one of the weakest strengths of schedule in the in all of college football. Well, but here's the mental puzzle that we're now in. If they lose to Oregon, they have a win over the Pac-12 champion. That Texas win, uh, the Texas-Alabama win, doesn't look as good if Alabama gets smoked. 
You see where that like that's the crazy part about all this, and that's how this is going to be rationalized. Be the champion of their conference, though. But they'll have a win over the champion of their conference. Okay, but if we're talking about resume and strength, one team was playing Kansas and Kansas State. The other team was playing Arizona State and Stanford. And by the way, wait, 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 wait. that can be said about the back end. Let you go. Hold on. Okay. You cannot tell me that Arizona State and, and and Stanford are better teams than anything that they saw in the Big 12. Now, I could be down on the Big 12, and I am somewhat down on the Big 12. But the newsflash is, whether we like it or not, Joe, Iowa State is better. The worst team that they saw throughout the last part of this stretch, Iowa State is better than Stanford, and they are better than Arizona State. The conference is stronger than the Pac-12's lower-tier teams. But the flip of that, the best wins for Washington of having beaten Oregon State, Utah, UCLA, all of those programs and all of those wins are more impressive to me. Arizona, those wins are more impressive to me than it is beating Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. The argument you make there, Arizona went on the road to, to Mississippi State and lost. Okay, well, we okay, we're gonna go down a slippery slope here if we keep doing the you know, if we do the transitive property thing because that was at the beginning of the season with a different property, quarterback. But we're talking about strength of conference, okay? If the third best team in your conference went on the road and got beat by the second worst team in another conference, that's not a good recipe for saying that your strength is good. It's not transitive it be- property when you talk about a team. Joe, this is the argument we had last year with Utah. Okay, Utah goes on the road and loses to a bowless Florida team. Bowless. They also win this year by damn near a little bit more than a touchdown. Okay, they weren't a good team and neither was Florida. But and I know, and look, I love Jeff Fish. I actually, I've been on this show and said, Arizona is my second favorite team of the season. I love the way that they play. I've said that repeatedly. But you can't go on the road and go to Mississippi State and get your asses handed to you and triple overtime and lose when that is the second worst team in the SEC. If that is the third team that Washington has that they have beaten also in overtime, also in overtime, how are you going to convince hey, me uh, a win against Kansas, a win against Kansas State, and a win against Iowa State is not more impressive? By the you're, way, you're by criticizing the way, them for a loss that they way, had at the beginning of the season by against. The way, there is a team that Oregon played that so did Texas. Their name was Texas Tech, and Texas smacked that ass while Oregon is struggling. Now, if you're the, a these beginning team, of the season games, and we we both know this, these beginning of the season games are completely resume. different. I agree. Arizona beats Oklahoma State, and they beat Kansas, and they beat Kansas State. Arizona I wipes agree. all of those teams. You know, I agree with what you're saying that teams can get better as as the year goes on. I 1,000 percent agree. But if we're talking about finite hairs here, if we're comparing hairs in every single part of your resume, you cannot just look at the last part of the schedule and not dictate what teams did in the beginning. There's a reason why you do you play games in September. You can't look at I, October, I November and say, oh, well, this is who they are. You can't do that. You also have to look at September and what those teams did. Okay, but we have rankings and we have teams that are ranked, and one team has beat more impressive ranked teams than the other one has. And if Washington we just simply do the one ranked win, we're not talking, I'm not talking about Washington. I'm just talking about the performance of Texas and their, their resume and who they have played. Actually, we are talking about Washington. We are their talking resu- about Washington. The difficulty of their resume is not comparable to the difficulty of playing in the Pac 12. It's just not. The Pac 12 this season was the second hardest conference to play in behind the SEC, in my opinion. Going on the road at Alabama where a team, the only other team not named Joe Burrow and LSU, nobody else is doing it, and going on the road in Alabama and beating them carries that's nice, more but that's weight all they on have. On, carries more weight than anything Oregon and Washington has done in the last decade. I don't agree with that. I was supposed to Joe, just, they're just, on a, we, Joe, we're supposed to give them a silver platter for, for just because they Nick beat Alabama. Is 60 something and two. 
at home. It's an impressive win, but we're, we're like handing them the national championship because they beat Alabama. Is oh, that what that game was? It's a, a national title. It's seven o'clock. I gotta go. Uh, okay, all right. We'll argue about this. We'll argue about this tomorrow or Wednesday. Peace. Hey.